Welcome to the Faith is Not Blind podcast. I'm Sarah Devonier, and I'm here with Emily. And if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, just introduce yes. yourself. Yes, I'm Emily Jordan. Uh, my husband and I were married in 2015, and we have two little kids. Hiram is almost three, and Ruth is nine months. And we are still students, still in our bachelor's program. Um, so most people think we're crazy for having two still in our <laughs> bachelor's, but it's okay. It's working out. Yeah, yeah. good for you. It's a cute little family. Thank you. <laughs> now tell me a little bit about your spiritual background, particularly in your childhood. How did your parents teach you the gospel? What was your experience like at home from your earliest memories? Um, I felt like it was pretty natural in our house. Um, we just kind of grew up with acting the gospel, just living it. We didn't talk a lot about the gospel or like have a ton of spiritual discussions outside of like a family home evening or a Sunday dinner where like, where did, what did you learn at church kind of yeah. thing. Um, but I feel like we just kind of lived it every day. Yeah. It was really normal for me for most of my childhood. Which is yeah. wonderful. Did your parents encourage, like you said, those Sunday table, mm -hmm. Sunday dinner discussions, did they encourage talking about it at the yeah, dinner table? Yeah, they would always ask. I remember as a kid, my dad would, well, I was a kid, but my dad would always ask, like, what did you learn at church today? And we would always be like, oh, don't talk about this. <laughs> why do I have to remember what we learned at church today? But looking back, I, I can see why he was asking us. and that I'm going to, I mean, we talk about it at home between me and my husband, and we ask Hiram, like, what did you learn at church yeah. today, you know? <laughs> so now that you're yeah. a parent, you can I get see it. Yeah. Yeah, why that question yeah. <laughs> is so good. As you think about your testimony, when was the first time you remember feeling something where you thought, I, I think, you know, it sounds like you, you loved those dinner table conversations and you loved living the gospel. Mm -hmm. When would you say was the first time you had your own individual testimony? Uh, probably, I don't know. I, like, I kind of always knew that it was true yeah. as a kid and then early teenage years. As a late teenager, I was a little bit rebellious and questioned a lot. Yeah. Um, but so, I had a lot of, like, I had some friends that were kind of pushing anti, not material, some yeah. material at me, but mostly conversation at me. Yeah, and interesting. So I, I mean, I kind of rebelled against my parents a little bit. And so, it was a bit snarky, but. So you, at, at that age, what were, what would you say that being rebellious for you looked like? Was it mostly just questions in your own I head, or were you asking your parents questions? I was, I was asking questions without wanting an answer. Oh, interesting. So I kind of, like, I wanted to, like, throw them off kind of a thing, which is silly, like... But very normal but for very a teenager. very normal for a teenager, yeah. 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 So at, at, at what point did you feel like, okay, I don't want to ask questions just to ask questions or to be rebellious, Yeah. but when did you start wanting so, answers to those right. questions? I started changing my friend group and... Um, after that, like, I got really into personal progress and started doing my own scripture study, like, really actually, like, praying for myself and Interesting. reading my scriptures for myself and did you for a purpose. And did you feel like that helped with some of the questions that you had? Um, I feel like it, I didn't get a lot of answers, mm. 
but I got a lot of peace. Oh, that's interesting. And I felt like I didn't need to know the answers. Like I was okay with just having peace about it, that Heavenly Father doesn't need to answer these like really specific, weird, detailed questions that don't matter. Did you, did you have any, because I think there are different types of questions, mm -hmm. right? Different layers of questions. Some mm -hmm. questions might be more trivial and some questions might be more core questions. Did you have experiences asking core questions where you felt like God responded to that particular prayer? Or what, did you have experiences um, later where you felt like, I may not get answers to all of my questions, but I might get an answer to more specific yeah. questions. I felt like the main answer that I was getting was like, I have a heavenly father who yeah. is God and he loves me. And Jesus Christ is his son. And therefore, like this church is the church of Jesus Christ. And if, if there were prophets and apostles in the past and the restoration has happened, like I can have faith and just know that the prophets are telling us the things that we need to do and I'm okay listening to that. And Yeah. yeah. And so that, it sounds like that was kind of a natural or organic growth of your testimony. No mm -hmm. huge experience, but... Right, Just a and nice that's the way growth. it's been pretty much my whole life, is no. that I've had questions, but praying about it and studying the scriptures hasn't answered my questions, but it's given me a lot of peace. Yeah, and, and, and that, that peace, as you think about it, some people might think you have to have this a major experience or some sort of a vision, mm -hmm. and what you're alluding to is that maybe that's not always true for everyone. Right. Um, and I, I wish that I could have those experiences too. I, I mean, me and my husband talk all the time. I'm like, why don't I get strong revelation like you do? But my experience, it's just never been my experience. Yeah. Just, yeah. And how have you reconciled that to feel like this is my own special experience and it's good for me? Um, I think that the spirit talks to me as like kind of in my own voice telling myself like Emily come on like you know you don't need a big experience to feel a certain way or to, yeah. to know and um, I don't know if that's been the way it is yeah, yeah. well I, I like that it's centered around peace and you recognize what peace feels like to you right. and, and that you need peace mm -hmm. would you talk about um, experience, an experience that you had in your early marriage that may have made things difficult, mm -hmm. especially when we're talking about how important peace is. Yeah. So you're, you're hungering for that peace, but sometimes there are times when that peace is taken away and maybe it's really hard to find. Yeah, so my husband and I were married in August of 2015 and we decided right when we got married that we didn't want to wait to have kids, we wanted to just start our family right away. And so we got pregnant really quickly and then ended up miscarrying in October and that was really hard we've actually had two miscarriages um, but the first one was very difficult because we didn't have any kids yet and so I didn't really have hope my fear was we're never gonna have kids right and that's what it feels like when there's a crisis yeah. like that yeah and so it was really a quick we jumped, I jumped, I mean, I'm more of a worry wart than my husband is, so I jumped to the conclusion that we all always wanted a giant family and we're never going to have kids. Um, but the day that it happened, it just kind of all, 
I want to back up a little bit because sure. it all laid out the way that Heavenly Father had intended it to. And I might get a little emotional. I'm glad there's tissues here. <laughs> but um, Back when I was taking your class before we got married, we were engaged. Um, but you assigned us a research project. It was a research paper. And I went back and forth about different topics but ended up writing about miscarriage. And I just felt really pulled to it, and I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. I just knew that my mom had had one and never really talked to her about it before. Yeah. And so it was a really good opportunity to, for me to kind of interview her as like part of my research. Yeah. And in that way, I got to see how she responded to the miscarriage and how my dad responded to it and um, kind of her, the way she coped, the way my dad coped. And what they wish they would have done instead or differently yeah. or that they were happy with kind of a thing. And so I, I was able to gather that research and some other like medical research about it. And um, it was a great paper. It got thank you. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I wish I could have that paper back because I was like, oh, I wish I could read it before this interview. But, um, I lost my train of thought. So you did the research oh, yes, and I you did, got yes. closer to your mom, started yeah, to understand you. her experience. Yeah. Yeah. So... After that, I mean, it was a long time between then and the miscarriage, but I've, I, we had the miscarriage, and that day I was like, oh, like, I wrote a paper about this once. Like, Heavenly Father really has his hand in everything because I was able to kind of reflect on what I had written about and the research that I had found and my mom's point of view and my dad's point of view and something that my parents had both said was that they wished that my dad was more involved Mm. in it and how my mom I, I mean I definitely don't want to talk bad about my mother because it was just the way she was coping with it but that she kind of pushed my dad out and it was like her problem or her crisis yeah and so right off the bat it was our crisis it wasn't just mine it was like the both of us because I had remembered that detail I was like I definitely don't want to push my husband out of this situation yeah so you use that understanding definitely. in a very practical yeah. way yeah. Um, but another way that Heavenly Father's hand was in it all was that that day, it was a Sunday, um, we were having a family dinner up in Salt Lake. And so we had gone to the doctor and then we came, we just like came straight from the doctor to the Sunday dinner. And all of my husband's uncles were there and we just walked in the door and cried and everyone took us in in big hugs and my grandpa was like, do you want a blessing? And I just cried. I couldn't even answer. He's like, okay, we'll give you a blessing. So all of his uncles, there were like eight people in the circle, and it was just really amazing to hear my, well, my husband's grandpa, but he's my grandpa now too. But he promised us that this is not the end. Like, we are going to have kids. We're going to have a family. We are a family already, and it's going to happen for us. Well, and you, you talk about maybe not having big spiritual experiences, I guess but that I think that one. sounds yeah. like it really yeah. is. How, how did your previous experiences with just, just basic peace, sweet peace, genuine peace, help you find peace after the miscarriage along with that blessing, of course? I think I knew, like I knew what that peace felt like already. And so I was just able to I guess better understand the peace that I was feeling because yeah. I, I went through a lot of emotions yeah. about it. I yeah. mean, you go through phases of it's like so anger difficult. and stress and heartache and being mad at God for, I mean, you should, I shouldn't have been, but you are, I guess. 
sometimes yeah, when yeah. those things happen. Well, I think <clears throat> what I like about it is because you had been tutored in peace and right. learned the language of peace, you just became more fluent in it when you needed it more. Oh, I love that. Fluent, and, yeah. And I, having had miscarriages myself, which you know about because mm -hmm. I had yeah. talked about it, um, I know that having a miscarriage was one of the most, see, I'll cry along with you, one of the most difficult things I've ever been through, but one of the things that brought me the closest to the Savior, I, I almost felt like I was tethered to Him. How did going through your miscarriage bring you closer to the Savior? Um, I've always had this kind of feeling that I was closer to my Heavenly Father than I am to my Savior because we pray to Heavenly Father. Mm. and. Um, I recently heard, I think President Oak said this, but if you know one, you know them both. And that is definitely true. And I feel like through going through the miscarriages, I am able to feel kind of how Heavenly Father feels for me. Mm. Um, and just His love is so much stronger. And I not that it's stronger than it was, but like you I can feel, feel it. That, because of the fluency. Yeah, I can yeah. feel it better. I could feel it better then, and I can feel it better now after the second one, and I have fear. Like, I can't say I'm full of faith for the next pregnancies that I may have, but, like, I, I fear that. But I also know that I can feel I'm capable of feeling that peace, and I'm capable of feeling mm. extra close to my Savior and extra close to Heavenly Father. Um, but they're always going to be there, and they're watching. It's not a surprise to them. They know exactly what's going on. Yeah, well, then that consistency and that constancy yeah. of you seeking for it is a great constant blessing, mm -hmm. it sounds like. Is there anything else that you'd like to add about how you've found peace in your testimony? Um, I think that one thing I would say is that I don't, I think, okay, how do I explain this? I've always been one to compare myself to others, and when I've gone through these hard things, the miscarriages specifically, it's been really easy for me to compare it to someone else's harder experience, or like mm. the hardest thing that they've ever been through. And so, in the back of my mind, and even out loud sometimes, I say, at least it's not this. At least I haven't had 10 miscarriages like this person. At least I have kids. At least, and that, I mean, that sounds bad that I'm kind of saying it's bad to be an optimist, which is not what I mean, but you have to validate your own feelings mm -hmm. because it hurts even if it's not the, someone else's worst thing. Yeah. Like what, it, what is worse for you is the same amount of heart as the worst thing for the other person. Yeah. And so just realizing that like saying at least isn't really going to help because you're just pushing your feelings away. And so you're not really accepting that piece. If you can just accept, like, this is a hard thing for me. Yeah. And this hurts really bad. Yeah, absolutely. And, and not, it's okay. And I don't have to compare it to someone else to make myself feel better. Right. Just accept Well, and those, those negative comparisons aren't any better than maybe positive comparisons. What, why can't I feel the spirit this way? Or why can't I yeah. have a spiritual experience this way like mm -hmm. this person? Definitely. That... Um, just like with pregnancies, you you go through one at a time, mm -hmm. and you're willing to do that right. to bring these children into the world. I think the Savior wants to do that for us. 
one at a time and in our own way and in the way that we would understand the language. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing so your welcome. experience. You're welcome. I appreciate it.